That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after missing last week. I'm your host, Conway T, and of course, we got plenty of action to talk about this week. We've had midweek games, we've had weekend games, we've had Carabao Cup. Oh, that, sorry, let me re-say that. We've had the Carabao Cup final take place this weekend. We've had Mendy taken off for Kepa. We've had Kepa do conversions over the, over the goalposts, and of course, Liverpool lifting the League Cup. But well, we have plenty to talk about, and I'm sure you've missed us. Of course, I got my calls all the way from sunny Melbourne. Rudds and Wade, what's happening, boys? What a week in football since we last spoke. Yeah, it's been good. Been good for some. Um, not so much for others, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it. Oh, we're definitely going to be getting into it over here. I'm sure Rudds has got plenty to tell us about the happenings at Old Trafford. But, um, yeah, boys, or maybe we'll start with Rudds. I guess we spoke about it probably a week and a bit ago, Rudds, but we obviously had another double game week, catch-up games, weekend games. We obviously didn't have the podcast last week, but, um, you know, plenty has changed. Plenty has stayed the same. Newcastle on the upward trajectory. You know, Manchester United dropping points. The top four really on. The title race back on. It's, it's all happening at all all ends of the table. Are we set up for the, one of the most exciting Premier League uh, finishes in living memory at, on every facet of the table, Rods? Yeah, that drop point to United is a real sore one. So um, it's, it's it was a real disappointing one because United are playing playing well. So um, since Ragnik has come in, United have created more chances than anyone in the league. Um, but there are four teams that have scored more. Um, so, really, our forward line are letting him down. It, it hurts that um, you know, for obvious reasons, we don't have Mark, um, we don't have Mason Greenwood um, because he's been a big player for us in terms of adding to the goal tally. So, without his goals, we've not been able to replace it. You know, even with the likes of Ronaldo, Ronaldo's in a in a poor slump at the moment. He's missing some chances that he'd never missed before. So, you know, he's hitting the post. He's he's kicking straight at the keeper. He's a real frustrated figure at the moment so you know hopefully United can 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 start putting these chances away but no, look there's a lot lots a lot, a lot of games still to be played but I think with that draw against Watford I think it's given the ascendancy well and truly to Arsenal for them to make the top four so it's whether they now take that ascendancy and make something of it but the rest of the table is interesting I know the last time we spoke you know there was a bigger gap than three points up the top, and, you know, it's well and truly on. And, you know, Man City got a tough game coming up this week with the with the, with the the Manchester derby, and, you know, you know they'd, they'd be obvious favourites um, to win that game, but you never know with the derby. Those are the ones that, that catch you out. And in previous years, United have had a pretty decent run of results against them. So, um, yeah, I, I fully expect Man City to win that game, but I, I think it could be one to watch for the Liverpool supporters specifically. I think they'll they might be having one to Man United scarves on in that uh, during that game. The bottom of the table is interesting. We've seen Mar- Marcelo Bielsa um, leave his post, um, but yeah, they've been chipping in goals. Um, you know, I, I, I applaud the bravery or the lunacy of the man to not waver from his his part especially when you've got so many players that are out, so many key players through your spine. You know, you've got the likes of Bamford, you've got um, Calvin Phillips as well that, that that's out, you know, and they they add so much. I think Calvin Phillips is one of the best players in the league in his position. You know, he's he's one of those where, you know, United are going to spend a bit of money on, on Declan Rice apparently, but maybe we can save a few quid and, um, and put in an offer for a cut-price deal for Calvin Phillips. Um, so that's one to watch. Um, Everton will be will be feeling hot. Look, I, I can keep on talking, yeah. Keep going, yeah. Um, about a, what's happening. A lot of sense, um, though. I, I, I'm just checking these also coming in and out of the of, of the stream. So I thought, hey, let me just keep <laughs> <laughs> while I can. 
Um, but yeah, look, the, the pots, like you're saying, the pots on the table is getting more and more tasty. There's been some big results. Burnley, I think um, maybe it's a little bit of genius by uh, Sean Dyche in terms of some of the, um, you know, the, the postponements. So he's been able to tinker with the E-squad and get in um, perhaps a couple of players that um, have added something different and added a bit of hunger to them because they look a, they do look a different prospect than they did before Christmas. So, um, and, you know, and you start questioning whether those delays were a tactical, uh, tactical thing or not. Um, you know, so that, that, that's the one thing. They, they look like a team that's well, on I- the... I can see Wade laughing in the corner because he clearly has something to say. And I guess it's got to do with the tactical postponements of games, Wade. You've been saying this for months, (laughs) but uh, Raj just wouldn't believe you. Uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, it it, it could be. could be Sean Dice trying to pull pull the wool over us. I mean, yeah, look. Who knows, right? We'll never get to the bottom of it with all that, but they've certainly turned it around. I mean, looking at their form at the moment, they've only lost one of their last five games. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was against Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah 1-0 as well. There's only one. Uh, yeah. Probably a, a, a hard fought. You know, they're, they're so tough to beat. So I think we, we got, Arteta got criticized quite badly when we drew with Burnley a couple of weeks ago, but it was one of those performances where, you know, the ball just wouldn't go in the net. But they're, they're so tough to break down uh, on any given day. So they've really turned it around. But I'm just looking at Newcastle, 14th in the league. Yeah, they've gone right up. I actually didn't they climbed yeah. that high up. At, Unbelievable. They're also not conceding goals, which is crazy as well. Yep, yep. And um, two points off Leicester. Incredible. <laughs> you know, like we, we literally a, two weeks ago, we were like, nah, they're, they're, they're going down, down you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's amazing how they've turned around. And the more you think about it now, just focusing on the bottom of the table, um, Leeds look like they're in free fall. They're, if I had to. If I had to place a bet today, I would. I'd probably have them as my favourites to go down the way it's looking because they're just leaking goals. I do believe there was um, a pundit I'd... on the show that called Leeds a few months ago. We might have to get back to that tape and uh, see who that was. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? In fairness to your point, Leeds have conceded twenty goals, a Premier League record, in the month of April. Unbelievable statistics. Wow. So. Do you think the the right decision for Bielsa? I mean, you know, Rudd's alluded to it, Wade, but, you know, he stuck to his principles. He didn't waver. Mm-hmm. You know, some might call that stubborn. Uh, some might call that just maybe brilliance in that, you know, if you give him till the end of the season, he would have saved them. But they just look in absolute freefall, and there doesn't seem to be any changes to the way that they play. I think if you don't pull the pin on him now, like how bad do you need it to get before you say this is out of hand, right? Um, he was the, the Messiah, bro. He was the one. The conceding. Yeah, and you know, he had a good run there. He had a very good run. I mean, how long has he been at the club? Four or five years? I, got them into the I got a friend. I, I got a friend who's a, a Leeds fan. And this is mm. what he said to me. He goes, look, would Bielsa still at Leeds? Yeah, for sure he might have gone down. Mm. But with him gone, we're definitely going down. Well, look, I don't know much about uh, I don't know much about Jesse Marsh. Um, I know Rudza saw you posting something about him a bit earlier. I've heard the name um, floating around, but I can't say I know too much about the guy. Wasn't he the coach so Ragnick, of Salzburg? The way leads of... Yeah, Ragnik appointed him at Salzburg. So when Ragnik was the uh, football director there, he's put him on. He's come through his his school. Uh, he tried to get him to come in at United mm. as an assistant. Um, coach, but he was still quite sore about um, walking out on, on Salzburg. Um, he plays mm. um, good football. Um, he plays the, you know, the Gengen pressing football um, that you, mm-hmm. you you can, we've all been accustomed to. Um, his Leipzig team play, play well, um, but it's actually quite similar to uh, um, to Bielsa in the terms that at at sometimes it can be quite chaotic. I, I know mm. he, he's come away from Salzburg over some some bad defeats where they've conceded a few goals. Um, oh. So I, I don't know what approach he takes. And the, my mate who's a Leeds fan, what he's saying is they don't have players of Premier League quality. There's one or two. Yeah. He goes, Good point. but a lot yeah. of players have and been stealing a living because they've been playing the Elsa football. 
you know so so what happens now when you're putting subpar players in a different system they might be even more exposed you know i think the only hope for leeds is that brentford do even worse because they're also in free fall they've both they've both lost four of your last five games yeah, well, if yeah, you look at it, they're, that's they're, exactly they're... what the... Sorry, Wade, but if you look at it, that's exactly what it is. The only other team in just as bad form as Brentford right now who can't buy a win and are also in free fall who are probably going to get sucked right into it. Um, but I tell you what, it is it is wide open. you got Burnley on 21 points who have a couple of games in hand with the teams around them. But, you know, you'd go as far as, you know, can Leicester be pulled into this because they're not exactly playing you know, the best football. They've only got seven wins the entire season. And uh, Rodgers, you know, the, 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 the natives are getting restless uh, in, uh, in, in Leicester and starting to talk about, you know, is Rodgers' time up already after he was considered, you know, borderline the Messiah after the FA Cup win. What so about things, change, things change very quickly in football. What about Lampard, bro? Oh, he's another one. Yeah, that's how said yeah, it from I... day one. <laughs> This man yeah, is. Uh, they've also lost. Yeah, he's skating. I mean, I thought he might have uh, turned the corner at Leeds. I thought he might might have found something to click, but I think that was more a case of Leeds and just being as are. awful of yeah. as what they've been. So it was kind of like a free hit for him, you know. So look, to I be mean, fair, but to be fair, the Man City, the Man City game, the Man City game was, yeah. what you know, they were not going to go out and attack Man City. But they did have good chances. Man City really struggled to create anything in that game. And they were very fortuitous mm. in that game. You know, we're going to talk about a controversial incident from that particular game. But obviously the goal, well, I don't even know what Michael Keane was thinking. He just he just had a bit of a brain fart there. And it literally handed the goal to Foden. Uh, City honestly did not look like they were going to score uh, during that game. But then, you know, guys... I've seen some VAR calls in my time. It's a so one, I can't... No, it's a, my rods, jokes so aside, it's got you. nothing to do with Liverpool. I don't Liverpool. think I've seen you so... But it's got nothing to do with Liverpool. I, I don't think I've I don't seen care. you so I'm not interested in the fact that it's Man City. That and does have No, it's not. Liverpool, bro. It's, it's that not meant, that. that. It's not that. Meant... Of course it would have yeah, meant but, something, but, but I'm still... But, but, listen, like... Yeah, look, there have been some poor decisions in other games which, which have been neutral games. But I think there's, uh, it's, it, there is, it has to be something to do with if Man City drop these points, then it's really in Liverpool's hands. They yeah, you're, the favorites, but you're asking, you're asking you know, two separate questions. Game. Those are two separate questions for me. Yes, did that hurt because it was Liverpool? Yes. But if I had seen that in any game, I would have sat there and gone, how on God's green earth can that not be a penalty? Just from a pure footballing perspective. And I've heard people try and explain this and the sleeve and the... Dude, the guy stuck his arm out and he got gained an advantage from doing that. How that cannot... How can they take two minutes to stare at that and come back and go, no, guy, you don't even need to go and check the screen. Just play on. I mean, it's beyond me. Please help me understand it. Do you have read the rule book back, back to front? Help yeah. help the common people understand how the hell that is not a penalty. Yeah, so so it's funny enough. Um, last week I did my exam on laws of the game, and uh, there we go. yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, we go. I, get the popcorn now we're going to get the, uh, yeah, the did, thesis version. And, and you look at it, you look at it, and it's the worst rule probably in the book. The it sleeve, is the worst one because yeah. where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line on the sleeve? Is it is it the literal sleeve? Of, of the player's jersey, and then what happens if they're wearing a long sleeve? Or, you know, is it, it where do they picture it? So, um, it looked handball, looked like whatever you think the sleeve to be, it was would have been below that. But their explanation is there is one angle that you it, it looks like it could be within the sleeve area. That's it. There's one angle, yes. and all they've said is well, there's one angle, but there's every uh, there's every other angle that shows it hits his arm. I, I don't understand. This yeah, is, but this, this is where, but this is where, this I is mean, the, this is the problem I have. Okay, you have a rule book, bro, but you have you have logic and reason that applies in the common heat. Sense. Common sense, man. Common sense. You got human beings looking at something. Okay, you interpret a, a rule, but I can't. I can't even think of one person that could sit back and go, "No, that's not a that that's definitely not a handball." Not one. So I don't understand the logic. If you the, the game is not played behind paper. Uh, you know, you cannot go. Yeah. Handball is a grey area. Say United, 
Yeah, United got knocked out of the of the FA Cup with a handball goal, uh, which was you know even worse than the than than the Rodri one because this guy's actually brought the ball down um, with his hand, but because he didn't score the goal, he's passed it off, and you know, and they scored it. So according to the laws of the game as it's written, obviously there's a gray area in terms of um, they change the rule if it's in the lead up and not the goal scorer, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was yeah, a handball yeah. for everyone to see, so there's a lot of tweaking to be done with the handball rule. It's it's it, it is it is screwed up, and it also leads into the offside and the use of the sleeve with the offside, because again that's another oh, one. Ridiculous. And it's funny because I like I listen to some of these other podcasts and pundits, and it's you'd be surprised at how many don't actually know the rules about know. the sleeve. They don't know. None of them know. Yeah, they're, like literally. They're, they're like. Why are people talking about the sleeve? Because it's literally in the rule book. That is this, the sleeve. And because technically you can score from on top of the sleeve, that's where they've got a point. Because anything you can score from, so if you're sticking your arm out, it's going to be the sleeve. So, you know, Arsene Wenger's call for it to be changed. He said, according to him, it should be your foot uh, for offsides. And I think that would be fantastic because it's well, let's, let, let's, let's put it's it to Let's put it to Let's put it to council, yeah. All in favour of the foot being um, the place where you should take the offside from. I mean, no brainer, right? We probably all agree yeah, that I'm that's sure. exactly what it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd wasn't, wasn't Wenger wasn't Wenger um, advocating to give the attackers the advantage as well? So yeah. basically, if the if the attacker's foot is not ahead of the defender, yeah, then he's onside, yeah. right? So there has to be a gap between the attackers. So you're actually giving the... And that's how the game that's should be played. That's the way the game should the be the played. Day, yeah. We want to see goals. We want to see attacking football. Yeah. We want to see guys making those runs and not being pulled up for offside just for pointing. It's ridiculous. You yeah. know, it's... Um, yeah, I do have an yeah, issue. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely in favor of that. And I, talking about yeah. the final, you know, just deviating to the, to the final, Lukaku obviously scored a goal. I mean, again, we're talking about a player being called offside for pointing where he wants the ball played. If that is not... I, I mean, there's yeah. got to be... You know, there's this unwritten rule, as far as I'm concerned, of the spirit of the game. That is not in the mm-hmm. spirit of the game. The man is pointing where he wants the ball played, and you give him offside because he's freaking half a sleeve or whatever you want to call it, is in that position. And of course, you know, that's late in the game. Chelsea probably go on to win that game if that the current rule isn't applied. But this is the, the lunacy of VAR. Yeah. But having said that, guys, we are also in a world where... We all asked for VAR, and now we are dealing with the repercussions yeah. of it as well because they have not quite perfected uh, how to use it. Uh, yeah, but I think with VAR, it had to come in because it's going to keep getting better. Um, I actually saw um, today the new visuals that will come out next year or next season that will show you offside. And I'll send it to you guys because what it does is like, it, it's not the the lines that are drawn. It's almost like, um, it's it's like an invisible wall, and then you see which part of the body is throughout the that that's come past the wall to show right. offside. Okay. Um, I'll say yeah. it. It'll make more sense if you see it. But um, the other thing is they're also going to move to like um, as instantaneous as it can be for offside. Um, well, that's, so that's definitely that's, a that, positive. So it's uh, they're going to the actually for are, are they actually amending the the rule? Uh, because obviously this year they made a subtle change where they said it's the, the lines, they actually have to be a gap between the lines for it to be offside. Whereas in the previous year it was... I think they'll continue to tweak the rules, but I, I just know the technology is there that now, you know, instead of them going and drawing lines and taking their time, the technology will do that almost instantaneously. Yeah. Well, that so, Hawkeye is flawless. It's so good. It's so yeah. quick in the tennis as well. Well, that's one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many other things. That's one positive. Because, you know, they used to have yeah. challenges in tennis. They don't do that anymore because the technology is so good now. Same with cricket as well. Like cricket, you rarely yeah. see the wrong calls being made, you know, because the technology takes care of it. So if that's what that's what the computer says, that's what yeah. it says. Yeah. Oh, guys, I do want yeah. to just... So I'm all, I don't want to close the matter off, but I do agree. I think moving VAR to be better in its application, whether that means, you know, tweaking laws or or bringing in better technology, whatever it might be, can only be better for the game in the long run. And I think the game has to, the game has to find, the game has to find where it wants VAR to actually fit in. 
You know, there's it cannot be involved in every. Right. Let me put my application in here, Yeah, I'll put my application in. Right, if I was gonna head up the the laws of the game or IFAB um, to in terms of creating laws, I'll be putting it to them where the technology is flawless, like Hawkeye, like um, um, oh, the goal line technology. Those are the only two flawless. Anything places, that's yeah. Anything that's subjective, and there's so much in the game that's subjective, you cannot use VR. Well, I believe that's the the way it should be. Let the ref make mistakes. Yeah. If it's anything that's subjective, because I just just feel the the pressure's too much. Yeah, and I feel that, but I feel I feel like that's almost. I agree fully with you. And maybe Wade agrees as well. I think those are the only two applications where technology can actually be 100%. In every other view, it's subjective in the eye of the mm-hmm. beholder. The problem is the pressure. Yeah. You get the same pundits on TV. You get the same managers complaining about it. You get the same people, the fans. We need to bring VAR. It's there. But what people don't understand is that is always going to be subjective. Always. Based on what that person's yeah. interpretation of the laws are. So it will never change. Yeah. People are looking for foolproof and they, answers they, and 100% answers, yet you can throw it out yeah. in a group right. and maybe one out of a thousand, let's say one out of a thousand, everyone agrees on. The other 999, you'll have at least one or two people in there that'll have different opinions. And you know, at the end of the yeah. day, technology... Yeah, you look at Chalabar and Origi tackle, right? Where, where Chalabar has had to get some some stitches in his, in mm. his precious parts, right? Um. I see often people talk, say, yeah, I should have sent him off. off yeah. Other half say, no way. There's no way that's a, it's a card. So look, why would we use VAR for an instance like that? Let the ref make a mistake. If ref calls, sends him off, so be it. If the ref keeps him on, so, so be it. it. Which in this yeah. case, he's kept him on. So, but, yeah. but you just know if that was some players, so one or two other players. Rojaka, he's gone. Weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> he Pogba, he's gone. Yeah, it's a red. That's a, yeah. that's a six like, month. We look at these things as Arsenal fans and we go, that's a red for Shaka any day. Yeah. It's like the refs are waiting to give him a red card, bro. It's just like, ah, it does my head in. But in any case, like you were saying, as long as there's a human element involved in it, it's never going to be... Um, I mean, they try to introduce the whole clear and ev- uh, obvious error. That's you know, all. Adding that, that it's just somewhere to hide behind. To try and, yeah. to try and take away sense. from... yeah. But I mean, clear and obvious to one person is still not going to be clear and obvious to another. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's just words and at the end of the day. It just the bar for themselves, made it more difficult yeah. for them to overturn anything. So, yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. I, I, I do want to change gears on something and I want to play a bit of audio for you again now. It's, it's got to do with the League Cup, but it's got to do with a particular incident in there. And it's actually happened in a number of facets of the game. So I just want to play a little bit of audio for the audience and, and yourselves and we can just have a, a conversation about it. Bring on Kepa Ariza Balaga, his penalty specialist. Um, okay, here's a question I'm, I need to put to you, Jamie. He didn't save a penalty. We know what happened after that. He missed his. Was it just because the quality of the penalties were, were that high? Do you think it was the, the wrong decision? I, mean, look, I think it's a completely wrong decision. If you're asking me if Mendy was going to save someone, you, you don't know. I mean, the quality of the, of the penalties was, was fantastic. So I want to pose something to, to maybe I'll start with Wade. Wade, we've seen this done before. The Dutch have done it with Cruel. Uh, I think it was in a World Cup game, um, which they went on to win. They've Chelsea have actually done it twice um, already this season, I believe, with Kepa coming in and both times um, winning. He then obviously doesn't do the, the job he's supposed to in this final. And everybody is up in arms, questioning Tuchel, saying he's being too clever. You know, you hear all the pundits, Craig Burley uh, on ESPN, a few of them talking about it. Why has he done this? But statistically, statistically, Kepa is actually a better penalty saver than Mendy. Where do you sit on the fence with uh, using stats to actually prove the point of why you're doing something versus... Do you trust the keeper that's actually playing in the game? And I guess I just want to understand your 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 thoughts on this uh, particular incident. I feel like it's a bit of deja vu because we spoke about um, a similar incident at the Euros, wasn't it? When 
who was was it England that we were talking about that they, they made put the on sub Sancho and they put on Rashford to take penalties. Yeah, to take the penalties, right? So look, statistically speaking, and obviously Tuchel sees the guys in training every day, um, and you know, I watched the penalties as well because I wanted to have a look at it and see like what's what's so special about this guy stopping penalties that you're subbing him, uh, subbing him in, and. He was actually guessed the right way. He was close to quite a few of he them, was. you know, and it looked like, you know, it looked like he was he was distracting the guys. But I've just always felt like Kepa's not big enough, you know. It's 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 just something about him. It doesn't fill me with confidence. So he gets beaten from outside the box. We know very often, which is one of the reasons why he's probably not playing. Um, but just focusing, so focusing, focusing purely on the penalty and the fact that he statistically yeah. is better than Mendy. Do you think that yeah. was the right decision by by um, by Tuchel? Um, uh, yeah, Look, you went on to lose, but he I, missed a penalty. Yeah. His job wasn't to score a penalty; it was to save it. So I don't want to hold any grudge against yeah. him for kicking the yeah. ball over the yeah. the goalpost. Yeah, he was there to save them. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I can understand if 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 he's that good of a of a penalty stopper that he's going to sub him in, but I'm not a fan of doing that in any case, right? Because Mendy made some excellent saves in the game as well. You know, the guy's warm. He's in the he's in the mood. He's 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 ready for it. He's probably pumped up. It's penalties. He's a big guy. He's had an excellent season. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the moment. You know, so mm. I would have never made that decision to take him out the game um, if it was up to me. I'm not a fan of it at all. Be it a keeper or bringing a, a, a fresh player on to take a penalty. I think when your blood's pumping and you're in the spirit of the game. You got to let it run. You know, you can't bring a guy on because in training he might be better, or statistically speaking, he's better. There's a there's a feel that you have when you play sports, and sometimes you just got to go with that. Yeah. You know, so I'm not a fan of the move, regardless of whether Kepa's a better. It's, uh, it's so Raj, hang on, hang on, before, before you, Raj, before you jump in, you, know, you know, some valid points raised they've away, but I have to throw a butt in. They've done it twice before, mm. and Kepa has proved to go on to win the game for them twice. Now, you could as easily say Mendy was warm and he, you know, he could have done the job and all this sort of stuff. But the, the fact of the matter is that you've got st- stats to back up why Tuchel has done what he's done. So I, I just want, where I guess my yeah. question here is, where do stats come in versus, you know, that natural feeling as Wade's talking about, that that keeper's going to do the job for you or, or player for that argument? To be honest... I think we, we all are now consumers of stats. We all look at XG, goals created, chance, big chances created, big chances missed. We look at kilometers players cover, things that we never looked at before, right? If you go back 20 years or when you started watching the game, these things weren't, we only looked at who had possession, who had the most shots. Now, yeah. everything else was, now that you've got this That's information to you, that's a great point. You've got to use it. You know, as, as a coach, what else do you have to use to make that decision? So, you know, Louis van Gaal, he took off his keeper, um, the Stecklenburg, who was having a fantastic game in the World yeah. Cup. He put on Tim, Tim Crow, who was, you know, playing at Newcastle in a championship or something like that. And that was one of the greatest decisions everyone was talking about. How good is this manager? He's taken off. He's put on a goalkeeper who's made two saves or whatever, right? Um, you know, the opposite end on that was... United played in the Europa League um, final last season, you know, and we went to penalties as well. And it was 11 penalties as well that we, we took. And David De Gea was the one that missed. And our fans are calling for, statistically, Dean Henderson is a better um, penalty saver than, than David De Gea, even though he's had a great game. But he doesn't save penalties as often as Dean Henderson, so, so put him in. So it's always going to be a shit decision in hindsight um, if you lose. But... You know, I, I think you got to go with the stats. you got to go with who's proven to be a better shot stopper in terms of penalties because that is a special skill in itself. I mean, Mendy can be a better goalkeeper without being having, with, without um, being fantastic at saving penalties. Yeah, and uh, there you go. So I suppose it, it does split opinion here on the panel, as you can see. Rad's obviously saying stats is there for a reason and he's 100% right. We do see, you know, stats. It's the small percentages that give you the biggest gains. And managers are always looking for the edge. Coaches are always analyzing to see what gives them that, that edge. And this time it didn't work, but twice before it did. But I think we live in a culture now where you make that decision. And I actually applaud some of the, the, the pundits out there. They just said he made a decision 
And that's all it is. It's a decision. He could have kept Mendy in there and probably the argument would have been, but mm, you know what? A few might have said, well, you know what? If you looked at Kepa, he's actually done twice before and we'd have probably been having maybe a different conversation. So I think managers are damned if they do and they're damned if, if, if they don't as well, which uh, in this case, it didn't work out. But um, yeah, an interesting, an interesting conversation none, nonetheless, boys. Uh, I think we'll wrap up on, on one more thing. Obviously, we saw your team, and I, I wanted to bring them up earlier, but we digressed a bit there, Wade. But you've got to be starting to get a little bit more excited, yeah? That's three wins on the trot. You've had to go to Wolves and play them at home. Uh, a fortuitous winner at the end there, but probably a deserved winner. So that's nine points picked up against some tricky opposition. Uh, was it Brighton in between or, or someone that you played, I believe? Brentford, um, Brentford mm-hmm. sorry, uh, which is you know, probably a routine win there, but the Wolves games are really the banana skins. Um, and you come out with nine points. You're sitting on 24 games with 45 points, two points off United and three games in hand against your direct rivals for the top four. Surely it's get the, uh, get the red ribbons on the, the top four trophy weight. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that far just yet. Like, uh, I think we had the comments. We had the conversation around Christmas time. Who's going to finish top four? And I said, all right, I'm going to say it with chest and I'm going to say the Gunners. Um, but I'd be lying if I thought we were going to go on this sort of run of form that we're on at the moment because we're playing really well. It looks like we've turned the corner. Um, you know, we're creating a lot of chances. I think that was the main criticism of Mikel. Um, he, kind of, he kind of sorted out our defense pretty much straight away when he came in. He made us a lot harder to beat. Um, you know, we got those impressive wins against uh, City and Chelsea on the way to that FA Cup. We hadn't seen that at Ars- as Arsenal fans in a long time, that that togetherness and not just the defenders, but the whole team defending as a unit, um, you know, suffocating teams. And ironically, this whole run, and I said this to you guys offline, I feel like the way we played against City in that first half with 11 v 11 was the, some of the best football I've seen us playing like. City couldn't get around our press. It was very, very impressive to watch. Um, and we're on a good run at the moment. Look, it's the game's in hand. I, I think after what happened with Spurs, I'm not going to get too excited about it because we see how that can change quickly. I mean, look at the top of the table. You know, two, three weeks ago, I think all of us would have pretty much been feeling like, yo, this, the title race is done, right? But look how quickly yeah. uh, Liverpool have made up that ground. Um, so anything can happen. It's just week to week, but very impressive victories over Wolves. I mean, we we beat them with 10 men, remember, at Wolves. Um, rode our luck a bit in the end, but we defended very well. Um, and I think we deserve to win the game uh, at home as well, even though we gave them a, a gift them a goal really early on. So to come back, and that was the first time that we've gone down at halftime and come back and won a game under Mikel. You know, which I think was probably something that would have been a bit of a monkey on the shoulder. So um, to do that and, it, you know, the way we're playing at the moment, I am happy. Um, but I've been let down so much in the past by this team. It's hard for me to start getting excited now. Um, but I like where we are, man. I'm really happy with the, the progression that, that we're showing. Well, if you look at if you look at Arsenal's next five games, uh, I actually think United, West Ham and Arsenal all have tricky games coming up. I'll go through them very quickly. Mm-hmm. Arsenal mm-hmm. play Watford, Leicester. Watford being probably the outlier. I'd expect Arsenal to win that pretty comfortably. But you've got Leicester, Liverpool, Aston Villa, and Crystal Palace. Four very, you know, one really difficult game in obviously the Liverpool one. And probably three really tricky games there because you don't know what Leicester version you're going to get. You also, at the minute, Aston Villa are a bit up and down after having lost a few games. Mm. And Crystal Palace are Crystal Palace. You, you could get the best version or the worst version of them. United, Rudd's also very tricky. You've got City, you've got Spurs, you've got Liverpool, you've got Leicester, and you've got Everton. All potential. You know, you could pick up nothing in that run or you could pick up quite a few points. Um, in, uh, in terms of draws and, and combining with a couple of wins. Um, and of course, West Ham with Liverpool, Aston Villa, Spurs, Everton, and then probably relative straightforward one against Brentford. So those next five games probably shape where this top four title will go, Rods. Uh, top four titles. Yeah, sorry, I think I mean, at the moment... Top four. Yeah, I think with, at the moment, really is only Arsenal United, right? Um, I think we can discount West Ham and discount Spurs. 
Um, I don't. But know hang on, last year you were giving West Ham in the you. Were, he had this term actually in the conversation. They were in the conversation in all the, conversation. the way. Yeah. So surely they they're in the conversation, right? Ah, oh, look, I think yeah, they're in the conversation, but I think the two favourites are Arsenal and United. I think those are the two that are vying uh, vying for it, and I think both United and Arsenal will drop more points between now and the end of the season. So it's really going to be who's going to drop more, and that that game amongst each other. So we um, Ars- we got to play Arsenal at Arsenal. That that's a massive six point game, and I think the winner of that game will will finish top four. Um, but then look, maybe Conte's mind games in terms of wanting to leave and tell him he's come out and said it was that was all strategical comments and uh, whether it's about um, motivating his players maybe, maybe that'll maybe that'll uh, do the trick but uh, look I think um, I think West Ham just will just not have enough um, I actually um, was liking Wolves more so than West Ham but it was a massive blow to them to lose to West Ham um, and the both, both, both losses to Arsenal because I think Wolves had showed a good account of themselves in both games, you know. So they they could have very easily taken six points from those two games, you know, and um, we could be having a different conversation. So um, I feel uh, like I still think they were the, my team to watch for from um, um, beginning of the season. I think they still look good, and I think they play good football too. So, um, but yeah, I think it's between, like I say, Arsenal and United. So there's some rivalry between me and Wade between now and then. We'll be watching each other's games very closely. That's how we put it on. Uh, I have been. I'm on, I'm on <laughs> it's, it's If I'm not watching Arsenal, I'm probably watching United these days. So yeah, let's keeping see. a close eye on it for sure. And you're just backing whoever they're playing against. Oh, yeah. man. I was loving that that uh, the game of the weekend against Watford. I was going, yes, <laughs> here we go. It's yeah. not going in. I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. And hey, listen, Watford had some chances as well, man. They could have scored a couple as well. So. Yeah, I think right to the end, United threw the kitchen sink. So I think they had a couple of late chances where they yeah. could have done better. But um, yeah, look, at, you know, United are just, there's actually a video um, I'll send of, of all some of the misses that United have had over the last few weeks. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Interesting times indeed. Well, Jeff, Powered by Riverside FM. Of course, our, our main segment that the fans love, Rads, you know. They missed it last week. I had a few reach out across all the way from South Africa and even a, a few listeners we have um, over in New Zealand saying, what happened? Where were you guys? But more importantly, where was the trivia? So we hope you got something good for us because we know that the listeners are chomping at the pit to see what the trivia is this week. Now we like the quick hits. Um, and Connell won both last week and tied the scores up. Uh, well, not last week, the week before. So, I don't know. One one takes the lead, one comes back. Let's see if someone can pull it's away. Like, it's like Liverpool's um, Man know. City. Yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll go through quick hits. The quick hits are normally um, from the games over the last week or so that I've taken some stuff out. So, some of them will get quicker than others. But let's see how we go. Um, which player made 110 passes out of 110 um, that all Rodri. hit their mark. Um, that's, a, that's a new record in the league um, since they started creating stats. Van Dyke? Rodri? No. De Bruyne? No. You're in the right team. Silva? No. Mares? No. Uh, Diaz? No. Laporte? Laporte. <laughs> it is Laporte. Thank you very much, Wade. That's I got that. Hang on. I said Laporte. <laughs> That was literally the exact time. A good second. This is <laughs> one for the dubious council, this one. <laughs> All right, you, 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 you let me know, Connell, and then I'll, uh, I'll see if I can after him. I'll wait first. Yeah, oh, we sure. go with the judge. We go with the judge. All right, which club currently have the lowest points tally at this stage of the season since 1930? Villa. Burnley. No. Leicester. No. Everton. No. Watford. Everton. Connell's on the board. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good call, actually. Yeah, that's actually a good call. Yeah. Who became the oldest goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet at Old Trafford? Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Oh, it was Foster, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I almost said Frazier Foster. Which mentor... I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> 
Which game saw the most yellow cards issued in the first 45 minutes of the season? Which game? There's a game in the last yeah, week. Game, yeah. over, game over the yeah. last week, yeah. Palace? No. West Ham Wolves? Yeah. <laughs> no. Southampton and... I don't even know the no, games. No. Are you reading something, Wade? Because I don't <laughs> yeah, even know the games. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I don't even have the games. I'm trying to remember what actual uh, games were played. Was it Villa? Yeah, Watford United? No. It was Villa. Who did they play? Villa played... Um, oh, God, I don't even know who they shit, played. who did Villa play? Ah, <laughs> uh, who did Villa play? Um, Brighton? Come on, guys. I don't know Villa played. Brighton, Connell's got it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I literally spoke. guessed both those teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which player under 21 has provided the most assists this, this season? Foden. Emil Smith-Rowe. No. Trent? No. No, Connor. Um, Under Gala? 21? No. Under 21? Um, oh, Connor Gallagher. You got the right team, though. You got the right team. He is from Palace. Ka- Connor Gallagher. Olisi. It is Alisi. Oh, yes. Shit. Yes. It is Alisi. He's a tidy little footballer, actually, isn't yeah, he? He kind of is. reminds me of Riyad Mahrez, like, yeah. you know, he's, the way he plays. He's a baller. Yeah. Um... Which team considered the most goals in a single month in top flight history? Leeds United. Leeds. Ooh, hey, that was me all day. <laughs> Come on. That was me all day. Know. What? I'm going to leave that in a dubious Hey, one. Ball, no, but you gave him the other one and now you don't. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one I could clearly no, hear. That one was a good second. Okay, so, yeah. so what I can hear is I've said it first. So on, I'm saying on my side, and then he said Leeds United like two seconds later. So I'm not sure where the lag is, yeah, there, so but maybe, there's definitely a lag. I think you got the, I think you got the lag because I'm getting in both in real time. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely your side. Got I that. literally and, answered and it. One, I, I don't even think you finished the question and yeah, I had no, answered I'm not getting a lag from you, and I'm not getting a lag from Wade, so uh, I'm getting it in real time. Yeah, no, he was definitely slower than me. <laughs> no, I couldn't, I couldn't split the two, so... Hey, All hey, right. Hey. Which two players broke the record for the most? Son and Kane. Son and Kane. Yes, that was definitely Wade this time. <laughs> I am getting it which off. Team, uh... <laughs> which team lost a game that they scored first in for the first time in four years? Um, Wolves. Wolves. Wade yeah. takes that one. Um, which Premier League player became the first to provide an assist in six consecutive Champions League appearances? Salah. No. Mane. No. Bruno. Bruno Fernandes. Connell's on the board. We're coming into the last question. Let me just tell you this up. We've got Even one, though I should be on yeah, bloody one, six two, now. Three, four. We've got four. <laughs> it's actually four apiece. Oh, this is the decider. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. This is the decider. Because I got robbed of that one. But yeah, okay. <laughs> you got yeah, robbed. Which? <laughs> no, I was putting that. I couldn't. I can't split it. So, <laughs> okay, which, yeah, which team right. have been awarded the most penalties in Premier League? Liverpool, history? United, Liverpool. Connor takes this one. You have to give him a Liverpool one to end that. Right? Just, no, it's funny because yeah, I just saw that they, stat they like a week ago. Way, why don't you say, bro? <laughs> <laughs> they get in his boost one way. <laughs> I actually literally saw that stat, I think, last week. Uh, yeah, well, they actually just broke it last week um, yeah. with the 170th penalty. Um, yeah. And they overtook United. United are 169. United can't get a penalty this season. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Ronaldo not, not diving I was going to say, Ronaldo's not diving Salah. properly, yeah. We need to watch Salah a little he closer. Could le- he could learn from Salah and Mane. <laughs> All right, let's go to guess, guess, guess the teammate, right? So we know the rules. There's no international teammates. He is a Premier League player that's currently playing. Okay. All right. Uh, Antonio Rudiger. Branislav Ivanovic. Nemanja Matic. Espelicueta. Nope. Cesc Fabregas. 
Juan Mata. Nope. Christian Tello. Courtois. Danny Ings. Davide Astori. Daniel De Rossi. Didier Drogba. Diego Costa. Eden Hazard. Eden Jekyll. Nope. Emerson. Emre Chan. Marcus Alonso. Fabian Shaw. Nope. Federico Bernadeschi. Philip Coutinho. Nope. Felipe Luis. Francisco Totti. Francisco Gary Totti. Cahill. Totti only played for one club and that was Roma. <laughs> Giuseppe Rossi. Um, uh, Salah. It is Salah. It is Salah. It is Salah. Oh, Salah. Salah. <laughs> Thanks for the clue. Running the down clue. the road. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the clue, oh, Colonel. Oh uh, that was a that was an assist, a yeah, Trent Alexander. That, that was a perfect yeah, a really assist. Put the head over there. <laughs> yeah, why, why would you put that on the plate for him? If he knew what the oh, team is played for, man, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. Uh, Chelsea Roma. Who played with Chelsea? Oh yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I hadn't even drawn the connection yet, so. Uh, oh well, there you go. Another tied event there. Right? Well, the score remains tied. Well done, gents. Oh, that was uh, a, I can't get any daylight. I can't get any da- separation from this guy. It's doing my editing. No one can take a lead. Yeah, no one can take a lead, it seems. It's to and fro. You know what? At least as the, not only is the Premier League uh, uh, exciting this year, but so is the trivia on what the football podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not sure what the fans are more excited about. Who's going to win the Premier League? Who's going to finish top four? Who's going to get relegated or who the hell is going to win Rudd's trivia on what the football podcast? I know my vote is the trivia. That's for damn sure. But of course, boys, we've got a, another action-packed week this week. Um, more cups. It's the FA Cup, of course, back in, in midweek. And then we go straight back into some Premier League action. I guess the, the biggest game of the weekend is uh, no doubt the Derby Rudd's, which you'll be looking forward to. There's a couple of catch-up games next week as well. So the Premier League really is coming in thick and fast here at the minute. And uh, obviously, you must be looking forward to that, I'd imagine. Looking forward and a little bit nervous about that City game at the same time. Yeah, look, not nervous. I think um, looking forward to it. I think United going, there were no expectation to win. I think everybody would be writing us off to think uh, Man City at home should win. Um, so I think it's a... It's a gimme. It's a freebie. Um, let's go out and play and see, and see um, what the improvement actually is with the with the solid team. I was disappointed in uh, the game against Atleti. I think um, uh, that was a game where they only got things wrong. I think he tried a few things with Lindelof, Lindelof playing as right back. Uh, that one didn't quite make some sense. Um, but he's been getting it pretty good with his with with his tactical moves in the previous week. So. He had some money in the bank. So let's see what he does against Pep. And Wade, of course, you guys, this should be a gimme three points for Arsenal against Watford. You'd be going in that pretty confident, Look, I I'd mean, imagine. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident about it. But at the same time, you know, they're coming off a, a big result at Old Trafford as well. So, you know, they'll probably take a bit of confidence into that game. They've had a couple of big results at home as well. The, the 4-1 against United again springs to mind. Um, so we'll have to be on our P's and Q's, but I like the way we're defending at the moment. We seem very hard to break down. Um, you know, Ramsdale's not having to make save after save like he was when he first came in. So I'm happy with where we are. I think we should pick up three points. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see that City and United game, actually, because, you know, this derby, even if United are down, um, there always seems to be something that happens. Uh, I remember Ole pulling out some crazy results against Pep when, you know, no one expected him to. So anything could happen. Like Rudd said, they, they really got nothing to play for. No one's expecting much from this game. So mm-hmm. they can probably let loose. In saying that, I still see City winning quite comfortably, um, all that being said. But um, for us, it's just a game at a time now. I think after this, we play three games in six days or something. So it's crucial that we get a result against Watford. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be close till the end, man. So looking forward to it. Yeah, of course, no doubt. Quite a few teams having quite a lot of games to actually play, of course. Liverpool do have a, a potential banana skin against West Ham at home this weekend. 
um, I, I would say thank goodness it is actually at home because, uh, uh, you know, relatively, relatively confident that we get the job done at Anfield. Um, and I only say relatively because West Ham are a tricky, tricky opponent. And uh, we know the style that Moyes is going to uh, going to employ. And no doubt they'll be peppering Allison again on the corners to try to get something, something out of that one. But uh, has, has Moyes ever got a result against Klopp? Yeah, they beat us in the first game. Three Did two. They? Yeah, that that's exactly when Allison had a bit of a bit of. A, in fact, it was his first victory ever against Liverpool. Was uh, was the the first game in in uh, I think it was September last year. Yeah, they beat us three two. Oh. A lot of a lot of peppering of Allison at corners and stuff like that. And I think we even debated on the show about was it a foul, wasn't it a foul, that sort of stuff. But that's the type of team that West Ham are, and it's it's proving uh, proving pretty pretty good for them uh, this season. So we'll see how it all plays out. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, that has brought us to an end of another epic show of What the Football podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure. We certainly missed you last week being away, but we are back full throttle every week, every Tuesday, recording live, and of course, giving you access to all the episodes on our platform so please check us out like our post follow tag share do everything you can to spread the word about the greatest football podcast there is out there where three guys just get together and talk about the game that they love so check us out on apple Podcasts and of course podbean and you can catch us on facebook at what the football pod and instagram and of course twitter but until next week we'll see you then and until then enjoy the football it's been a pleasure.